we spent a whole lot of time on Power Rangers the movie, I don't care. We're about to spend <laughs> a lot more time. Hit that theme song. It's morphin' time. Everybody, you're listening to Talking Like a Teen, the podcast where every teens need to rush back into our past. Go, go, Tegan and Sarah. That's right. We did it. <laughs> well, I'm not Ashley. And I'm not Adrian. Well, I was almost about to tell you my actual Ranger identity, but then I realized that. You get fired when you do that. Does Zordon like kick you out of the Power Rangers if you accidentally let that shit slip one day? I want to imagine it's more like the like Scott Pilgrim three strikes and you're out vegan powers thing. <laughs> like you you get one accidental slip up, maybe two, but if you hit three times, you're done. No more vegan powers for you. Also, shout out to these kids being in the main hallway of their high school, talking on communicators and teleporting, and no one ever being there. Right. That is <laughs> solid. There's got to be like twenty people at this school. For them to never get caught. That's all I know. And why did, like, Rita and Lord Zed, why don't they just wait till either the Rangers are asleep or they're, like, because they have, like, viewing options to see what they're doing. So, like, wait till they're, like, in the bathroom or something. <laughs> Give them food poisoning and then right? strike. <laughs> Funny enough, there was one episode, I think, in season three of Power Rangers where Kimberly got sick. But she's the only one to release the monster, and yet, basically, she sneezes on this thing so many times, she gets it sick. <laughs> Keep in mind, she's wearing a helmet, which, oh my god, I just thought about that. Can you imagine having a massive head cold and sneezing in a helmet? Oh. Oh, god. I mean, as a person with allergies, I feel like I kind of just lived that over the last year of being masked, so. <laughs> Not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but mighty Morphin power in just a movie the 1995 classic we went ham on like the first like 20 minutes of this movie we just got to the introduction of ivan news <laughs> my favorite grumpy evil space grandpa he comes out and he meets the rangers for the first time uh, it's just the sometimes a line on paper is so stupid and it's just it's made in the delivery the where's my autograph book fucking kills me. It's the greatest time. delivery of that it's line. So funny. <laughs> Cause Paul Freeman had to have known it's like, look, I know I'm doing this because this is going to be a popular movie. I'm kind of not into it, but I'm going to crank it up to 11. And I think it makes it better for it because I think if he had read the lines the way they were probably meant to be read, uh-huh. it would have tanked the entire movie. But he and the character are both over everything. <laughs> Oh, he oddly enough reminds me of my grandfather, who is also over everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, the Power Rangers are all like, oh, we're going to send you back where you came from, and we're, you know, we're going to stop you. And he's just like, what the fuck ever, man? 
Like, who are you? Like, keep in mind, I've done this so many times. And I love the fact that he continues to remind everybody, Zordon's kind of fucked up in a Charles Xavier kind of way. It's like, what's with all these bald dudes sending kids to their death? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I guess when you're trapped in a tube, what are your other options? Send grown-ass adults to their death, I guess. It's the only other option. And I get it, power of youth and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you're going to send hormonal teenagers. I don't know if you know this or not, but this is a very, very interesting age to save the world from destruction. And it happens occasionally. Like, there's, like, conflict among the ranks. And, like, that impacts, like, fighting and, and, like, the mission at large. Right. I just feel like that's got to happen way more than than the show would, would lead you to believe. That, like, teenagers are just, like, fighting all the time about dumb shit. Kimberly didn't say hi to me in the hallway. Fuck that dumb bitch. And then it just <laughs> becoming, like, a whole, like, thing. Because, like, and that's that's not to be dismissive of the high school experience. Because it's it's a lot. And stuff like that, it feels like the whole world. I can only speak from my own personal experience. Like, me at 16 is not going to be able to put the the drama of math class aside to save the world. I guess I that's why I wasn't a Power Ranger. And I think that's also the thing, too, like we were joking before, is that they never just released the monsters. I think maybe the movies, the closest they got to... Finding an an opportune time, because most of the time that Rita attacks Angel Grove is just as the kids are getting out of school. Right. Like, start a couple of hours earlier. Because if they're in the middle of class, they can't up and then just fuck off, because then they're going to be like, oh, these five particular kids fucked off. And yet, all of a sudden, there's five people fighting this monster. And wait a minute, aren't they wearing the same colors, too? Oh, my God, they're the Power Rangers. <laughs> two and two does, in fact, equal five. <laughs> Like, in the first couple seasons of Buffy, when, like, they were still in high school, like, there were times where, like, they had to fuck off during school, and they were punished for it. And, like, that was, like, sort of built into the storyline. But with Buffy, the whole fact that, like, you know, vampires come out at night is just kind of a convenient thing to sort of work around the school schedule. So there was at least an excuse. Rhea and Lord Zed didn't have an excuse. You fucking schedule that shit at 10.30 in the morning when those kids are learning U.S. history. But I guess it was cool in the movie where it's like, oh, shit, we're actually having these battles at night. We had a budget. We could afford to put lights outside. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in the Power Rangers TV show, nine out of ten times, the putties were usually sent either as a warning or as basically a distraction. Right. Because it would usually buy the bad guys enough time to do something or work on some sort of plan. Mm-hmm. But here, and of course, it's like Lord Zed is like, oh, my putties are stronger than Rita's. They're blah, blah, blah. Except I put their weakness dead in the middle of their body. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Ivan Ooze guys, they don't really have an intrinsic weakness. And matter of fact, even though the Rangers are doing their very best to kind of subdue them, they are legit getting, like, their asses handed to them. Like, I'm watching kids legit get decked in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of wild just how bad. And also, can we just talk about the fight choreography, which is bizarrely good for a kid's show? 
It is, but I also have written down in like four different spots going through the movie, like, hey, movie, that's that's not how physics do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they had a budget and they were able to sort of because I think this was the first time that they choreographed everything like on set. It wasn't like cut away to Japan footage. Yeah, because I think that was mainly, like, the show's way of getting around the fact that most of, like, the morph sequences were footage from, like, the old Super Sentai shows. Like, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is, like, a mashup of at least, like, three or four different shows, and it's nuts. (laughs) But the first fight does something really cool and, like, set up the relationship dynamics of the team. Yes. Billy and Kimberly are not martial artists. They're gymnasts. Yeah. And you have Rocky and Adam, who are the martial artists. And the two of them, like, I remember I wrote in, like, what little notes I had, were that Rocky and Adam are essentially super-powered versions of Kim Possible's brothers. (laughs) (laughs) They legit have their own language throughout this movie. Billy and Kimberly, man. Those two, the way that they are choreographed cracks me the fuck up. Because, like, there's a point in which... Uh, one of the monster guys knocks Aisha into a wall and Billy is like, oh no, my friend, I must check on her. But instead of just walking or running over to her, I will do three consecutive backflips to reach her. That is how we will do this. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> like, it's it's just very funny to me that there are moments where it feels very obvious. They're, they're like, I want to show off what, what these people can do specifically and like their skills and watch them flip because they can't. Also, I just love that scene when Billy swoops in because as he's like kicking the, the 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 ooze monsters, the sound effects are basically playing the the Power Rangers theme. <laughs> there, there's a a couple of sound effect things where I'm like, I don't get it. Like he kicked a one of the goop guys in the face, and like a doorbell sound effect happened, and I'm like, I don't know. Or when Kimberly kicks the other one down, and he kind of falls, he just makes a farting noise. Right, like why? <laughs> <laughs> for all of the people that are like the mcu's too quippy these motherfuckers are always telling jokes and stuff blah 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 blah. like that's where this shit came from watch a power rangers fight sequence and then tell me that the avengers quip too much also can we just small rant real quick of course people who complain that mcu characters are too quippy have clearly have never been in a very stressful situation where you're doing the absolute most to keep yourself sane because like oh they're too quippy but what has spider-man done his entire career but basically talk shit to not only kind of like keep his shit down but also disarm his enemies because he can't really take him on in a straight fight despite his strength so I'm essentially just going to talk myself through this, annoy the piss out of them, so that way it buys me time to set up an attack to subdue them. Because if he fights Rhino in a straight fist fight, that ain't happening. Right. He's becoming spider-paste. The quippy part, I, I've always just hated that argument. Because it just makes no sense. Because like you clearly have... N- you do not know what anxiety is, my dude. And also, Joss Whedon did not invent Avengers Quip. Not to be a, a read a fucking comic book person, but like read a fucking comic book. <laughs> <laughs> a message from Adrian and Ashley. <laughs> no, well, okay, fine. You don't even have to read a fucking comic book. Get on Twitter, man. 
<laughs> the amount of of comic panels that have been turned into memes is astronomical, and it's because they're all quippy as shit. Turns out people like jokes. I don't know. I just I find it just a very strange complaint. Like, if that's your reason for dismissing like an entire series, there's better ways to do it. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, whatever. Some people just refuse to have joy in their lives, and that is a choice that they make. Um, <laughs> um, I have... <laughs> I want to talk about this real quick. Um, I have a note that just says, no lie, this movie is extremely fucking stupid, but when the theme song kicks in after they morph for the first time, I'm hyped as hell, and I want to chop up... <laughs> I want to chop a bookcase in half with my arm. <laughs> this kind of hints at something we were talking about we were going to do as a uh, as a podcast. Yes. But like that scene in the first Avengers when they first squat up yes. and the theme song plays. Long hey. before that ever happened, this yeah. morphing sequence was the holy yeah. shit, they're doing that thing. <laughs> they're doing the thing in the thing. Ah! <laughs> Because as soon as they all get cornered, you're like, it's happening. And it's a really cool buildup because at yeah. first they're doing really well. They're quipping, they're flipping around, they're, you know, hitting them with doors and shit. And all of a sudden things start turning around. And they realize, wait a minute, these aren't the putties. We can't just do our normal shit. And all of a sudden their, their backs are against the wall. And you're like, you know what's about to happen, but you still right. get hyped anyway. <laughs> well, and uh, talk about a theme song, man. Yeah. This theme song has been, like, engineered by a think tank to be as fucking hype as possible. And to just make you want to run through walls. And it rules. It's it's perfect at it. It's so good. Easily, I think, a lot of people's introduction to metal. Yes. A thousand percent. Let's not act like some of the breakdowns in those songs aren't some of the most evil things ever. Like, for a team that's all about, like, peacekeeping... Yeah, These great. songs make you want to beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Our parents might have been right. Maybe this shit was too much for us. Because <laughs> it's just like it's just like a shot of adrenaline to a little fucking five-year-old's heart, man. And then they're just running around like a little spaz. They set up certain things but then completely just, like, pulled the rug out from underneath them. Because, of course, you're thinking, just as they're morphing, you know, they're doing the flip, and they're all ready to go, and you're like, here we go, here's the fight. Then nothing. At some point, when while they were morphing, they peaced out. Right? <laughs> Which is, like, at one point, like, in the middle of a morph, I'm like, Teradac, what the fuck? You're supposed to stay, don't run? <laughs> well, you're missing the, the whole thing. And that's the thing. Like, that's that's the thing that, you know, the, the cinema sins people make jokes about, like, all the bad guys just, like, hanging out while they, like, change costumes. It's the same thing with, like, Sailor Moon and all that kind of shit, where mm-hmm. it's just, like, we have to go through, we have to we have to do the the morphing bit, hang out for a second. And these guys were just, like, on second thought, nah. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm not going to take too much time on this, but I have to talk about Ivan News in the command center. <laughs> so do I. Okay, go ahead. But no, you go ahead because I. You're pretty much probably going to like talk about the same thing. So Ivan Hughes spouts off about all of the things that he's missed while he's been in his egg prison. My mom is the sweetest lady on the planet, 
But every once in a while, she's just harsh as hell. It's so fucking funny to me when she does this kind of shit. Um, so I remember watching this movie with my brother and my mom, like, coming into the room when Ivan Ooze says the line about missing the Brady Bunch reunion. And she just goes, technically, didn't he miss the Brady Bunch the first time? And also, the reunion was trash and then left. <laughs> and I love the fact that that's the joke. <laughs> like, I didn't appreciate that until I got a little bit older and actually watched the reunion stuff, like, on TV. Uh-huh. Because... <sighs> Again, I don't know if this is just Paul Freeman or this is the script. Equating <laughs> the Brady Bunch reunion to two of like the most like horrific <laughs> atrocities known yeah, to man. It's, it's like the, wow. The Black Plague, the Spanish the Spanish Inquisition, and the Brady Bunch reunion. And these are the things that he's missed that he's bummed about. <sighs> Shit is weird. It's so funny though. <laughs> Like, I, I really do love Ivan Ooze because it's just, like, some of these deliveries, like, they're just, it's great. Kids movies do this a lot more now, where they, they sneak in things for the parents to giggle about. Because, like, a kid's not necessarily going to put together that the secondary joke of the Brady Bunch reunion being bad. A kid's just going to go, like, those are two historical things, and then a ha-ha funny TV show, chuckle, chuckle. I appreciate that it was there and it made it made me as a kid laugh and it made me as an adult laugh more. <laughs> and I appreciate that they did it again in a second movie, which I almost want to cover just for one thing. And I know I talk about it a lot, but whatever. But they're on a boat and like they send those weird mutant pod things after them. Yes. And after they push them off the boat. Tanya looks around and she's like, this sure ain't the love boat. And everybody laughs. And then, of course, Justin's like, what's the love boat? <laughs> and it was like uh, that's a genuine like okay you got me on that because you know they could have made it where he laughs too but then you're like this kid's never heard of the love boat but i'm like right? did you have a dad no that's right he didn't oh sorry that's oh, dark bleak. Oops. <laughs> that's, i forgot that's kind of the whole thing of hey it's easy to be a power ranger when your parents are never around yeah, oof right. God damn, I'm sorry. Let's go back to Ivan News. He's fine. Jesus, I'm so sorry. That was dark. Um, so you know how occasionally there are <laughs> try and write this ship, it's not working. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do no, that. That was dark. Oh. I'm glad we got to, to follow that. Dark realization in real time. That was very funny. Uh, so when the Power Rangers are uh, looking for for the Goop guys again, like after they disappear, sometimes the the Power Rangers technology is neat, and other times the the Power Rangers technology is absolutely stupid. Where they're like, "Hey, we're in this dark construction site. We can't fucking see anything. We need some light." And Aisha's like activating power beams and it's just like a camping headlight. And I'm like, that's not a power, sweetie. That's a headlight. Like, please calm down. <laughs> but then it was just kind of cool because it's like, okay, even as a kid, I think I was maybe a little 
too cynical at the time where I'm like, okay, I could tell this is definitely here because this is a movie. Because uh, there's several weapons and things that they use during the sequence that have never existed before or after, only during the sequence. Where like what's his what's his face like gets like the Terminator like heat vision? Yeah, <laughs> like he's got a HUD. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Like, did Tony Stark take this dude's tech? <laughs> well, and, like, the whole, like, outer shell of the helmet changes. Yeah, like, like wow. Like, fucking nanobots redid that shit. It was just weird. Kimberly has a whip. I think Billy, was that a taser? What was that? I think it was a taser. Holy shit, they gave this guy a taser. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because at least with, like, Kimberly's, it's like, okay, I'm a gymnast. Like, I could be like, oh, this is, like, you know, color guard kind of stuff. They gave him a taser. <laughs> I mean. And yet my whole dude, Adam, my bro, Adam, gets the short end of the stick this entire movie. And it's, like, not for nothing. Hot take, as always. You know, I always had the hot takes. Adam is a better Power Ranger than Tommy. And that's just facts. I think in a straight-up martial arts fight, he can't take Adam. That Green Ranger training never left him. He's just too aggressive. Adam was all about the misdirect, and I love that about him. <laughs> so after Ivan Ooze wrecks the command center, the Power Rangers, like, super conveniently lose their suits just as they've defeated all the goo guys. Turns out we gotta, we gotta go to a different planet to get power because reasons. The thing that kind of bugged me about this is Zordon's tube gets broken. Because I didn't think that, at least on the show, that there was an actual head in there. I thought it was just like a display. But right. turns out there's an old dude in there who looks like Vader <laughs> with his helmet off, wearing the same sweater Drake had in the Hotline Bling video. <laughs> is it call me on my cell phone? Also, like... The tube's not that wide. Where are his legs? Did he not have legs? And that was my point. I thought it was just a floating head. Or did Alpha be like, oh shit, this is going to fuck them up. These kids are already scarred enough as it is. <laughs> if they see this floating head nearly dying, it's like, I got to put like a drapes on over and make it look like there's a whole person here. Because that's not, that's not cool. <laughs> Lay down when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh man, can we just make communicator bling now? Hell yeah. Is it too late for that? <laughs> Did we miss that train? <laughs> oh man. Shout out to the best thing in the world, R.I.P. Vine for all of the hotline bling vines. They're all the best. Oh, the Star Wars ones were so good. <laughs> and playing like Mario Tennis and shit. <laughs> I miss Vine. <laughs> also, shout out to every time in Power Rangers when something happened where Zordon's like, you got to go to this other place to get this power. My question would always be, why, why didn't we have this before? Right? Why? <laughs> so this power existed on this planet. Phaedos. And I guess Dulcia, she's kind of keeping watch over this. She's, which, where was that spinoff series at? Right? That could, they could have gotten on that Xena train early. And this might sound puritanical, but it's not from a puritanical point of view. It's from a logistics point of view. Can we please get my girl some clothes? 
Look, I mean, as someone who was 10 or 11 years old at the time, I had, sorry. I know, I don't know. Little, little boys weren't mad about it. Who but was this like, for? Because, like, was this meant for, like, kids? Or was that pretty, like, it was just, like, it was an interesting choice. Right? Because she's basically wearing the same amount of clothes as, like, Princess Leia in the gold bikini. Her boots are just taller. But, whereas Princess Leia is, at that point, an object to be ogled, this lady is, like, a whole, like, owl morphin warrior lady. Like... Get her some fucking cool leather armor and comfort this woman. <laughs> At the same time, though, I almost feel like, and I'm not trying to be all like shamey about it. Like, yeah. let's just make that known. I almost figure, like, look, I'm usually out here by myself. I don't get many visitors. So you know what? <laughs> like, it's hot out here. There's a whole <laughs> jungle. I don't know if you know the certain hot. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Like, I've been in my pajamas for the last year. Like, that. that's fair. But... I'm also not in immediate physical danger <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but I almost wonder, like, there's a whole backstory there. It almost kind of makes me think the same thing of, like, okay, when Red Skull got zapped up with a Tesseract, and now all of a sudden he's here, like, hey, I got to hang out in this freaking mountain waiting for someone to, like, throw one of their loved ones off of it. So, like, this whole time, now, was she... Because, <sighs> obviously... She didn't know that Zordon got murked. She didn't know that Ivanus was free. Because basically she's like, if this dude's free, you're already fucked. But I guess I should help you guys out. Whatever. Like, I don't get paid for this. Well, and what's wild is like, they're like, hey, Dulcia, come with us to this temple. And she's like, I can't. I'll turn like old and shrivel up and die if I leave. And I enjoy being a hot redhead with a British accent who doesn't wear clothes. So, like, figure it out on your own. And then she turns into a bird and she dips out. And it's just wild because, like, is everybody's, like, 6,000 years old? Like, she she immediately, they, like, drop Zordon's name and she's like, holy shit, y'all know Zordon? They don't even say Ivan Ooze. They just say Ivan. And she's like, oh, shit, it's Ivan Ooze. As if, like, there are no other Russian dudes in the world named Ivan. So I'm almost wondering, were Dulcia and Zordon a part of the same team or something? I don't know. It's just weird that there's apparently like five aliens in this universe and they're all old as fuck and know each other. Or what if she was a part of that first group of rangers that got rid of them the first time? I like that. I like that headcanon. That's cool. Okay, so my headcanon is this. Okay, she was a part of that team. The original Extraordinary Teenagers. Right. Ivan News is pretty much their Waterloo. Give me that movie. She was aware of Zordon, but at the same time, she didn't nearly... She was all like, oh, you know, oh, Zordon's down. Okay, yeah, mm, hate to see it. But then... <laughs> <laughs> Ivan's name gets dropped, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah. how? She's like, all right, I gotta do something. But then the power that's there, Zordon's aware of. So, like, there's there's a story here, and by the time you get to this part of the movie... I'm less interested in what the Rangers doing. It's like, I want to know what she's up to. Right. Because they set up some really cool shit here that never gets explained. And they retell the story in the beginning of the third season where it's like, I thought this movie was already canonical. But then when we get back to the TV show, they didn't get their ninja powers yet. And they get the ninja powers differently. Right. In a much more boring. Like, why would you retell the same story? (laughs) 
with half the production and with a more annoying character. Well, because TV shows got a TV. And no lie, the, like, Ninjetti versions of the Power Ranger uniforms are fucking sick. They Not were only are they sick, they look comfortable as hell. <laughs> they were- <laughs> and I think more superheroes should prioritize comfort in their uniforms. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah, because I'd imagine those ones from the movie were not comfortable at all. No. So it has to do martial arts and these things. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I admit, this is the part of the movie for me where, like I said, the Ranger stuff, it's like, I hate to say it, but like, this is the main part of your story, but it almost at times felt a little fillery. Like, because the Ivan New stuff is clearly more fascinating is the fact that this dude is, of course, working to get these things <laughs> rebuilt. He's suckered the kids into getting ooze stuff, which I guess only <laughs> works on the parents. I have a note here. As as a boring, soulless adult, I can tell you that Fred's dad is not going to be shoving his whole weird hand into that tiny jar of purple ooze like that. <laughs> I get what he was doing, but this is the part that's just weird to me. Like, did he just bank on every kid in the city? Bringing that shit home to their parents and being like, hey, hey, parents, stick your, stick your whole hand in this tiny jar, please. But I guess most parents are like, you're going to bring some weird shit home. That's like me bringing home Play-Doh, being like, you're not going to have this stuff spilling all over this fucking carpet. <laughs> but like, so like slime. Slime is a thing that kids are into now. Like, not now, but like, you know, a, a thing that is a recent thing that kids like to make and play with and stuff. And let me tell you, it does not look fun to me. It looks messy and gross, and I don't want to touch it. (laughs) I just, it's icky, and I don't want to touch something that is snot and booger adjacent. And this movie has Ivan Ooze, like, hawking loogies and doing so much sort of, like, visual and audio language to make this stuff seem like snot to you, that by the time they're putting it in jars... And giving it to kids and having adults touch it, I'm just like, absolutely not. No, thank you, please. Get that purple snot away from me. This movie is like that cross-section of so many 90s heavy things. There's the Ninja Turtles, Three Ninjas, like that whole martial arts boom in the early 90s. Right. You know, Jurassic Park was still hot. So you have, of course, them battling the, the dinosaur things. Nickelodeon... Slime is their thing, and there's just gross stuff all over the place. You even throw some, like, Jim Henson-style effects in there with, like, the Tengu warriors, whatever. Like, those things are cool. It's a little dumb, but they're cool. One of my favorite lines, and it's one of those moments where it's very brief, but the Power Rangers don't really get too many opportunities to really have conversations to deal with whatever's going on. Uh-huh. Because this this movie pretty much puts them from point A to point B to point C. With yeah. very little downtime in between. During the fight where they're getting attacked on the beach, there's like that one line that Billy says, and he's like, you know, it's the funny thing about Morphin, and Rocky's like, what's that? It's like, you don't appreciate it until you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Which is really fucked up foreshadowing to what happens to Billy by the time they get to Zeo. Which, I, you've got to think that that, that I don't know. Because maybe the timelines line up, but like... You've got to think that that's coincidence. Well, as a kid, I thought that once he stops being a ranger in Zio, they don't even have enough crystals. Yeah. 
And he's like, someone's got to sit this out. And Billy's like, I, he'd be basically like Charlie Conway's himself to be like, I'm going to be a mentor now. Yeah. And it kind of also leads into the thing of the other sad part about that line is that Billy, being the smartest one on the team, graduates early in Zio, which means is he essentially gets aged out. It's like Menudo. One of the things that you could complain about as far as this movie is concerned is that these characters are put through some stressful and heavy stuff, but they're definitely not really given the time to sort of react to it. They're not given this space to process. And like, I get it. It's a kid's movie and kids don't, kids don't care about emotional growth and, and that kind of shit. They, they just want to see, you know, karate punches and stuff. But like, it takes away from some of the humanity of these characters and they, they start to feel like kicking and punching cardboard cutouts because they're not given a chance to really like, react to well we had these powers now they're gone and and we have to go to this whole other fucking planet in this whole other universe and like that's wild right and like our father figure is dying but we're like we're kind of cool with that except for kimberly because she's kind of the only one that can act and maybe cry on cue so she'll cry a little bit and that's fine and then they get back and it's just like okay well now we got equipped with this monster and then uh, our dad dies but not really cuz uh the power of teamwork and then the movie is over and then Van Halen plays like it they just <laughs> aren't given <laughs> and that's the whole movie they're just not really <laughs> given any opportunity to really react to stuff with the exception of Kimberly, and even that is like in a 96 minute movie is maybe about two minutes. Right. And it's sad that most of the exposition happens just right before and during this fight with these birds. But yet, this movie, I guess, now that I think about it, what's so interesting about it as an adult is what if the main villain has at least something of a valid point? Multiple times in this movie, Ivan News brings up the fact that. Zordon has been using kids yeah, to do his and, dirty work. And that's weird. <laughs> and then, at the same time, Ivan Ooze is still bitter because he robbed him of his prime. So it's like, damn, not only did he steal this guy's prime, like he was kind of taking it from these kids as well. Not to mention, like these kids in this town had to keep their parents from falling off of a fucking cliff. Yeah, and that's a whole thing, too. You know, Fred... The one kid who seems to be skeptical of Ivan Ooze's clown shtick and is like, hey, this this Ooze seems sus. And having to get all of his peers to, like, listen to him and to believe him for something that's, like, kind of wild. Yeah, because their parents aren't around, so it's like the fucking Nickelodeon purge. (laughs) It made me think of... um, the like the Foot Clan, the front, mm-hmm. the part where they like recruit the kids, and the kids are all like, "Hell yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rebel, we're gonna smoke cigarettes and play video games." <laughs> Thank you, Sam Rockwell. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it it had a very similar kind of vibe to it. Like that that's how kids rebel. They're gonna they're gonna wear headbands and and play video games and dance to punk music and I don't know, play with slime. That's the part where it gets dark, because had Fred not intervened and had Bulk and Skull not intervened... There'd be a whole group of kids without parents. 
parents are now about to be paced at the bottom of this hill. <laughs> and that's, of course, assuming all of them die. And some of them probably would have. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and you, it's funny. You say that, like, the the Fado stuff is the part that you're not that interested in. I remember watching this as a kid. And maybe this was was just, like... You know, I had a younger brother who was the perfect age for Power Rangers, and I was just a little bit older and just a little bit checked out. That part was the coolest part of this movie for me. Was I, like, Dulcia was it. And, like, this weird other planet was fucking cool. And, you know, them going on an adventure and then having to fight all these weird animals and bones and stuff. Like, that part was neat to me. And this not monster was was less interesting <laughs> the middle half of the movie is where like okay this is the actual part and yeah maybe it doesn't feel as like i mean there's still action but it slows down a little bit mm-hmm. but i feel like this movie presupposes that you already know everything so it doesn't really give you much of that no you learn almost nothing about these characters from this movie and they don't really change, at least not in like a emotional character sort of way. Like they change in that they start with dinosaur morphy things and end with animal morphy things. But like Kimberly and Tommy start this movie in a relationship. Nothing really happens with that relationship. They end in the same place, basically. And the friendships don't really change. They all work together fine. There's no conflict. Like, I don't know. I guess, I guess, is Fred the only one who really gets any sort of character arc? Well, I guess Bulk and Skull do. Yeah, that's true. And I hate Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Fred. That's mean. He's, a, he's just a kid. I just, I think as far as kid actors are concerned, he doesn't do the greatest job. It was an interesting choice because they put this kid in who I guess is like the viewpoint character, since I guess he's sort of the avatar for the yeah. average kid dealing with all this. For sure. But I feel like doing so took away what should have been more involvement from Bulk and Skull. Right. Who are already established characters who, if you've watched the show, like you already care about. Like, I don't give a shit about this kid and his dad. Like, I, I mean, I'm supposed to, so like I do a little bit, but like. I would be much more interested to see these two idiots who start this movie fucking trying to jump out of a plane without parachutes in fucking leather beanie hats and steampunk goggles and turn from these characters that are very obviously incompetent and giving them a moment of realization and then giving them the chance to be competent and to show that like, hey, when shit hits a fan... And when all else fails, we are dependable and we can pull this off. Maybe we're not Power Rangers, but we can save people and we can help this planet be a good place in our own weird 35-year-old man sort of way. Maybe not in a direct storyline way, mm-hmm. but I think as a result of this movie, Bulk and Skull have a more direct involvement in what goes on. Because, like, I think it's a season three, you know, they overhear, like, these girls talking about how much they love a man in uniform. So, essentially, to get girls, they join, like, was it, like, the, the junior police, whatever? Yeah, something like that. 
And of course, you know, bumbled their way through that. <laughs> Basically, get their superior officer fired, but then he starts a private eye service and like they join <laughs> that as well. And what's great about that season, that was, I think, the f- second half of Zeo, but the first half, when they blew up the command center, Goldar and Rito, uh, Rita's brother, mm-hmm. get amnesia for the explosion, to which they end up working for Bulk and Skull. <laughs> <laughs> which is like the weirdest thing until essentially in the second half of the show they're like wait a minute i remember we used to actually like we used to rule shit around here like <laughs> but then there was like this one episode i think it was zeo where adam was going after school for something and there's somebody who's playing a piano and like every time he'd fig- you know go to see who it is they'd run away mm-hmm. and only to find out that it's skull Turns out he's like this skilled pianist, but he hid it even from Bulk. This kid who is actually a lot more sensitive, you know, a lot more talented. And maybe Bulk isn't exactly a good influence, but it's, you know, the only friend he's really got. Right. And throughout the later seasons, and I think when they do have like a reunion later on in one of the later shows that I didn't watch, like they kind of realized that's his family. And even to this day... To this day! (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're still really good friends. So, I want to talk about the great power. Do I want to talk about the great power a little bit? Are we talking about Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) No. If you hand me one of those, like, pamphlets, (laughs) I swear we're done. No, okay. So, I have a question about the great power. Um, on on <laughs> Vedas. <laughs> Does the great power take the form of the sacred animals because of who unearthed it? Because like the Power Rangers found it? Or is it a prophecy sort of deal that can only be unlocked by the Power Rangers? This is a question that I had. And I don't think that the movie really specifies, but I thought it was an interesting question. So I thought I would pose it to you. It feels like it's almost one of those Thor situations where it's like, okay, this is great power. And clearly this place has... (laughs) With it comes great responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) This place kind of reminds you that, you know, it's littered with a bunch of people who also saw it. And Dulcia probably was like, well, if they weren't killed by what was already there, they'll see us like, no. Because most people who see Great Power, they're probably like, you know, warlords or assassin types, where it's just this, I want this power just because I just want to be able to just do whatever. Right. But you need someone who's actually good in heart and will, like you said, great power, great responsibility. We are led to believe that at least in this universe, for the most part, that the Power Rangers whoever they are, whatever incarnation, are probably it. Mm-hmm. I think that at least what Zordon has pretty much done is it seems like he's got contingency plans on top of contingencies. Because essentially, at some point, he's got to know that every time we ramp up, they're going to go like 10 times further. Right. So needless to say, this power is probably going to get fucked up. <laughs> So when that happens, it's like, hey, we got the latest shit out. Come to our Apple event where we have like the new Megazord <laughs> 5 with the better camera. But you know what I mean? Like it's 
So I feel like the great power, it had to be something Zordon. Because would everybody get, you know, giant robots? <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I guess to me, it does kind of feel too specific to be, I don't know. I had this question and I didn't really come to a, a real specific answer as to where I sort of felt like it fell. So I wonder with like the great power, it's like, I don't think the rangers on Earth are the only rangers that existed. Right. It almost feels like what happened when Ivan Ooze was first found, like when he first got taken out. I'm really starting to feel that Dosia was the last of that group. Based on what she says, the timeline does line up. Like, it's it's very obvious that she knows Ivan Ooze. It's very obvious that she knows Zordon. So, like, they existed at the same time. So, it could be. I do feel that maybe it's like, okay, Zordon's like, I got this other power. It's hidden somewhere. We need someone to protect it. And, hate to say it, your friends kind of got taken out. Yeah. So, she's like, look, I'll hold on to this in case of an emergency. I'm going to assume you're good, because as long as I'm here, I'm not going to be old. (laughs) But I am over 6,000 years old, so once I step off this shit... What pisses, okay, it doesn't piss me off. It's a, it's a thing that I noticed and immediately bothered me where she's like, I can't leave this spot or I will begin to age. And then she turns into a bird and flies away. Like, you left the spot. You turned into a bird. <laughs> what if she, what if that was just a line she gave where it's just like, I can't, you know. On, on second thought, I don't actually, I wanted to help you just a little bit, but I wasn't actually like trying to go down there. So like yeah, it's just like I, look, we tried this the first time. I like. I can't, <laughs> I can't because I don't want to. Bye, I'm a bird now. <laughs> I'm like a bird. That's right. <laughs> she wanted to fly away, and then she did <laughs> manifest that shit. And then Tim Bland showed up, and then you know. <laughs> and shit got weird. <laughs> Oh, my God. But, yeah, Power Rangers likes to presuppose that several times, whether it be Space or Lost Galaxies from later shows, that the people who eventually get these powers were not the first people to have them. Because when they get to Space, this Red Rangers was pretty much alone. His best friend is basically in the cargo hold of the ship and fucking Stasis in a coma. And then he's all like, hey, take these other four morphers. They used to belong to friends of mine. Guess where they are? <laughs> Dang, they, like, that's the same fucking shit they did to your sibling in Andromeda. Where they're like, oh no, your brother's in a pod, or your sister's in a pod, depending on what gender you played. Uh, Oh no, they can't come out, they're sleeping. It's all very bad, they'll come out later, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, needless to say, the Power Rangers, um, the survival rate, not great. Yeah. Uh, turns out, don't be a Power Ranger. It's not <laughs> not good for your health. Oh, man. Can I complain about one more dumb thing before sure. we end this? So Adam is a Mastodon. He's, he starts starts it off as a Mastodon, and then she gives him a sacred animal, and he's a frog, and his helmet still has Mastodon teeth on it after that, and it drives me fucking nuts. Well, everybody's... Suits were the same. Don't tip the is the coin, because then I didn't realize years later that those coins with the animals were from a completely different show. 
I know, but his bothers me the most because it's they're just big old fucking mastodon teeth right in the middle of his big dumb head, and I it drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it is an interesting choice, and that's the one thing I really would love to read up on because I, I do know some like Super Sentai fans that like are super encyclopedic about it. Mm-hmm. When come time to make the American shows. Which of the elements of which shows got kept, which ones didn't? And that was the one thing that did bug me about the movie is, okay, they got their powers. We got any Zords. But, oh, that's right. But I guess the way they got around that in the show was, instead of calling for the animals, it was literally just like, okay, Black Ranger power and White Ranger power. And, you know. <laughs> that seems that seems not great. Um <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I don't think I would feel super comfortable running around screaming White Ranger power. And I know we probably could dig even deeper with the Power Rangers movie, but it was a time. And I know by the time Turbo came out, Power Rangers mania had definitely died down because even the movie didn't have as large as a budget. I am looking up the budget <laughs> for Power Rangers Turbo. It looks like it made about half the amount of money as the first one. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie had a budget of fifteen million to make and grossed about eighteen. Um, Turbo had a budget of eight million and grossed about nine, so it basically broke even. We could probably go more, but I know we have lives and we should probably sleep. Tell the nice people where they can find us. Adrian has issues dot com slash t l a t podcast. You can download and stream all of our episodes there. We are also on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere where you get your fine podcasts these days. We also have an email, tlatpodcast at gmail.com. You know, definitely hit us up there. And if your comment's cool, we may even read it on the podcast. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And thank you all for listening. And like, I always love when we do this because now I'm just thinking back to this. I'm like, man. It's a testament to that some of this stuff that we watch as kids, some of it's like, ugh, not great. But some of yeah. it's like, you know, this actually holds up because somewhere in this movie is an even better movie. And that's what I want. Make me a fucking Zack Snyder version Power Rangers. Not with Zack oh, no. Snyder, but like, like a <laughs> Release dark- the Snyder cut. <laughs> like a dark and gritty and adult and two real Power Rangers. That sounds kind of dope. We almost had that. And then... The parent company. Remember that short movie that went viral? Yeah, it was sick. I want that. Like we had James Vanderbeek as a Power Ranger. Why would you? Why would you deny us Dawson? <laughs> like, what do you? What is wrong with you, <laughs> Dawson? Oh man, I've watched exactly zero seconds of that show. <laughs> I watched too much of it, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, well, the good news is none of us are at Dawson's Creek, because otherwise we'd be swallowed by a whale. Good night, y'all. Good night. <laughs> I was walking with the ghost.